Okay, I'm going to go ahead and call to order uh, the Eagleville Metro District regular meeting of September 21st at 5.01 p.m. Um, are there any considerations that needed to be added to the agenda that are not on the agenda? No, not that I'm aware of. Okay. Can I have a motion to approve the consent agenda? So moved. Can I have a second? Second, Joanna. Uh, consent agenda approved. Um, seeing that we have no one currently in the room for public comment um, or online, we will go ahead and bring up Joanna in regards to the fire station update. No, I think it's just, uh, well, we're, as we go through the, the budget process, um, we will uh, either include those or not include those. That'll be a board uh, decision as we kind of get into the budget s season and, uh, and we present that. At this point, um, it's just informational. As Joanna said, uh, you know, we sent this uh, letter, Tim did on behalf of the, the board and the Metro District uh, to the sheriff. Um, the the folks uh i believe it was last year uh we briefly met um kind of stuck dis discussing strategies for the fire station and uh you know it's kind of been widely talked about that that parcel and the fire station building by itself doesn't ideally kind of meet the needs for maybe some future housing uh just due to its you know location and size and that there would be potentially better opportunities if we would partner with uh, the sheriff and use that uh, entire parcel as a whole. So as we, uh, we kind of go through it, we'll wait to hear back from the sheriff and see what his thoughts are, and then uh, we can uh, also look at putting that uh, initially uh, in the budget and going through the finance committee and then to the uh, board and then through the public process. calendar year um, so I guess discussion going forward we can um, that's kind of our where we left off financially uh, not to exceed $10,000 um, so that that is the update at this point and no feedback from the sheriff that I've seen so far thanks Joanna 
make and ask for feedback, but we've not, we've not heard either <laughs> for or, you know, the, Nope, I think we're good. Um, the next item on the agenda is the ice update. Since we don't see anyone just here just yet from the hockey club, we'll call up Joey and we'll get you out of here <laughs> to give us an update on the swimming pool. End of season. Well, hi, everybody. Thank you for having me. Um, I am off season and um, still swimming three days a week myself and obviously um, preparing for the winter. However, so today I'm just gonna talk about the swimming pool just in general, how we went this summer. Um, and Steve, you're gonna have to do the next slide for me, thank you. So our products this summer were swim school through the month of June and July, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and a Saturday morning session. In total, we had 151 students, which is kind of really exciting. We also had a swim team. Um, we, we are the Diving Dolphins of Eagle Vale. That also runs in June and July for eight weeks, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday mornings, and also Tuesday, Thursday evenings. And we had our biggest swim team this summer, 137 swimmers. It was amazing. Uh, private lessons all season long, they run. And again, we were higher in our numbers, 127 students. Thanks, Steve. We run a master swim, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, 6 a.m. till 8.30 a.m. Monday, Wednesday, Friday is the busiest. And we have like 12 regulars who belted out, I'm gonna say. But regularly 20, um, 20 people per week. The 7.30 session is kind of something that we we kept on after COVID. We have a lot of parents who are a lot of uh, adults who like to swim from 7.30 to 8.30, but they're not really gonna do that six till 7 a.m. So that's really, that's continued. 8 a.m. is on Saturday morning is also still popular. Water aerobics, uh, Barb Lehman ran that this summer and Tuesday, Thursday a.m. Tuesday, Thursday mornings at 11.30 a.m. And she had 12 regulars, which was really cool. Her biggest class was 24. Um, Steve's just jumped there. Just we, we had a new program we started last summer. It was junior lifeguard training. And we continued it again this summer. We actually have Tim's daughter who attended last year's junior lifeguard training. And um, she's now one of our lifeguards, which is exciting. It's uh, teaching the local kids how to kind of be sensible around the pool, be safe, be kind of aware of what's going on then and lead them into being lifeguards. Kind of exciting. So our revenue, just kind of looking at the numbers, daily entry was higher in 2023. Total season pass revenue was also higher. Swim team revenue increased quite substantially. So to private lessons, merchandise and shelter rentals relatively similar. Actually, everything improved, uh, increased, and we went from 190,000 to 209,000, 200, 900, 
Yeah, 209,000, sorry. Um, and we did increase everything, like the prices, Mr. Erickson over here is a really big part of that one. So it, it was a successful se season for us in terms of revenue. We are proposing in 2024 to replace the swim slide. Uh, this season was great. It's one of our best features, so we're really working on that replacement. We would like to put in a water bottle filling station. There are currently two uh, drinking fountains and we, don't, uh, we no longer have a fridge. So we'd like to put in a water filling station, water bottle filling station, and also some landscape improvements. We have some roots that are coming up from some trees. We also have some drainage um, issues. And the front area, as you walk into the pool, we're gonna work on making that look a little bit prettier. So our successes, definitely an increased use of the pool. Swim team, private lessons, group lessons, and visitors from across the valley. Yes, we did get people from Eagle and Gypsum and Leadville and Breckenridge and yeah, kind of everywhere. It was big. The month, it's not written here, but the last two weeks in June, the four weeks of July and first week in August, we were seeing over a thousand people a week in using the pool. It was big. Um, we were fortunate we had some site improvements this year, new furniture, the red furniture, which is kind of exciting. New pool covers, they keep the pool warm at night, and the, the grills. Our communications continue. I send an e-blast once a week to the community, and we also do a, an Instagram and a Facebook account. We reintroduced Moonlight Swim. It was there for a while, and then I was like, well, let's just drop it away. And we used to do three moonlight swims a summer. So we brought it back this year. It's fun. It's really cute. Um, I always have to find a really children-appropriate movie, which is really fun, too. It's kind of cool. Um, and lastly here, our staffing. So a big success was I had five staff who have worked for me for like four or five winters. Oh, sorry, summers, we're in summer, aren't we? Four or five summers, and they were just, it was amazing. The efficiency, the work, their, their ethics, their presentation, it was noticeable. Um, they were great mentors for my newer lifeguards. And again, coming back to that junior lifeguard training, we really like to, I think we're gonna keep going with that one because it promotes the younger people in the community. We are coming up to the kids who were five years old, 10 years ago, now they're 15, so they're in the pool. They're helping us run the place, which is exciting. So in summary, it continues to be the jewel of Eagle Vale. I have had compliments from people all over the country saying, wow, this pool is stunning. So I'm very proud to say that. Thank you for your support, the board, the community, Steve, Ryan, Brent, Chris, she's not here, Marianne, she's not here. Um, I couldn't do it without you guys. I'm constantly going to maintenance, and I'm constantly going to Ryan, how do I do this, how do I do this? So it's fantastic, thank you. And it's my pleasure to be the pool manager, and it's actually my 10th summer, so thank you.
you know, while we're on the courts. And it's just a delight. Your staff is amazing. You know that I know a lot about instruction, and they're the best. Congrats. Thank you so much, Terry. Hey, Joey, um, same thing with pool. It, it's been an amazing asset, and it was a great experience this whole summer. Um, a few questions. There's been a lot of kind of talk from people about F&B, and I didn't know. I was just curious, do you have any plans? So I dropped it back during COVID, mm -hmm. um, and I noticed that it was cleaner. Mm -hmm. The facility itself was cleaner. Um, I noticed that ice creams are number one, and everything else people bring with them. The, the community tend to bring their coolers and they're filled with all sorts of goodies. So I wasn't selling that much. Mm -hmm. um, it was probably like $1,000 a, a summer. Mm -hmm. It wasn't a big pool like the golf course is a pool. There is now with the Whiskey Hill Grill there, we can the, the guests can order directly from them and it will be delivered to the pool and that's been successful. Um, so that's kind of where I am at the moment. Um, I've brought in in previous years, I think we had the Green Elephant. He, mm -hmm. We tried that one year. That didn't really work. We had a, we had an F&B guy who was, um, he came down to the pool and he served us all these incredible um, hors d'oeuvres and appetizers and he disappeared, unfortunately. Um, so um, I've tried. I've also tried having wraps at the pool. I've tried having a cheese, uh, what do you call it? Uh, cheese nachos, nachos, cheese. Okay, yeah. A nacho machine. Yeah, you remember that one, mm -hmm. yeah. Just, they they don't bring in that much income. Um, and this, honestly, the people in Eagle Valley bring their own stuff. Do you see maybe potentially, I guess, maybe part, partnering more with the grill? I, you know, it'd be great to continue to partner with the grill for you all to consider that um, as an option because... It'd be nice because then it decreases your waste and you're not having to hold on to stuff, but then it also kind of promotes the grill and that services. It's been great there this summer. Yeah, we could, we need to chat, Ryan. We need to chat. Well, we have, we've thought about it in past years. Remember when the, um, we were going to put the clubhouse down the bottom here? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that was like, ooh, we we're going to really open it up and have alcohol at the pool that we were selling. And I was like, wow, here we go. So again, it's part of this, maintaining a clean environment also survive, uh, providing to the community also like how much of our time is it going to take up do i need a full-time person selling f and b mm -hmm. they kind of all things to kind of discuss um at this stage i haven't put much more thought into it mm -hmm. i do sell a lot of ice creams that's the funniest <laughs> thing i know i've bought some <laughs> awesome other than that, it's been great, thanks. Oh, one of the other ideas with the Moonlight Swim that I've been hearing around is uh, like an Eagle Vale night where a couple times a season, anybody that, that lives in Eagle Vale with a resident card, even without a pool pass, could come in. Just something to consider since uh, I have you here to pass on. Yeah, no, that's a good one. Yeah, we could have an Eagle Vale night. Mm -hmm. um, I did have live music this year. Um, the cool. last mm -hmm. Sunday of the season and that was really really cool that was really popular and I've done that once before I think I had the turntable review one one time during the week um it's yeah I think I like that like have an Eagle Vale night mm -hmm. kind of thing or yeah that would be fun we could bring it into but the I community more yeah I like that one something to consider thank you yeah though. no thanks no it's been I like that season. one mm -hmm. Hey Joey, this is Tim. I just wanted to, yeah, 
Alex, thank you for all your work at the pool this year. And you know, my daughter was a junior like grade last year. She liked her this year. She was on the swim team previous to that. So she's kind of worked her way up through there and it's been a great experience and really enjoyed it. And, and you guys just do a great job at the pool. So I wanted to thank you. Thanks, Tim. Alexa is amazing. I will say she's one of our good ones to be proud of her. Thanks, Joey. Thanks, Betsy. Yep. So our guests in the um, audience, I'm going to hopefully say you're from Hockey Club. We, we kind of skipped over you because you weren't here just yeah, yet because that's we're, it's all right. We're running fast. <laughs> so, <laughs> you guys are up next. Um, if you just come up to the podium, make sure to speak into the microphone. You have to push the button to make sure it's green so that way we can hear you. Check. All right. Um, I'll just start while Katie's doing a handout that we can email around to the other board members um, that are in virtually. My name is Eric Eves. Um, I'm a board member of Vail Mountaineers Hockey Club. Um, I actually grew up here in Eagle Vale, grew up on Stone Creek Drive, started playing hockey on Trout Pond, and then uh, out here when we had the, uh, the rink out here for many years. So it's, it's exciting to be talking with uh, Eagle Vale about an opportunity for, for hockey. Um, I'm Katie Santambrosio. I am also on the board of the Vale Mountaineer Hockey Club. Um, also grew up here in uh, the Vale Valley and spent a lot of time running in the neighborhoods of Eagle Vale throughout my childhood and watching these guys play hockey on the ponds. Um, so we're really excited to get to explore this option and talk further with you. And uh, my name is Justin Bradshaw, also local to here, grew up playing hockey, actually with, with John, lived in Neoville as well. So it's uh, probably not ironic that three of the board members uh, on, the, on the hockey board are local people who really, really, really see a need and, and really want to collaborate with somebody on a solution. So I know that there's been several conversations, um, different groups of people talking to other different groups of people, including uh, Deegan, who's, who's you know part of the hockey family. Uh, and lives here in Eagleville, James Deegan, uh, who couldn't be here tonight with us. But uh, nonetheless, we wanted to just lay out, introduce ourselves for one, and just start the conversation a little more formally. As you guys know, Dobson is getting remodeled. We already have a pretty severe shortage of ice in the valley without Dobson going away. Um, our kids are skating at 6 a.m. in Eagle this year, which you know, sacrifice we're willing to make, not the most ideal. Um, but beyond that, just this year, the need we've noticed over the last few years is growing. Our hockey club is uh, more than doubled in the last few years, and it's, it's just gonna grow if we can provide the facilities for the youngsters and the kiddos to skate. Um, with the two seats in the Valley now, it's pretty hard, let alone, you know, folks like Eric and I who grew up playing hockey, I just can't do it anymore. It's 10 or 11 o'clock at night, and. Uh, with the kids and all that, it's it's just not possible. So um, happy to have more conversation about need, but we feel there's a need. We feel we can back it up with, you know, with evidence beyond just our conjecture up here. But nonetheless, as we've identified this need, 
um, including what's happening with Dobson. We started to look around the valley and go, what are the solutions? What can we do? What can the Vail Mountaineers Hockey Club do to step in and drive a conversation forward about another sheet of ice somewhere? Um, we've had lots and lots of conversations. We've talked with um, with Vail about their relocation plans for uh, a you know a not permanent rink while Dobson is out. We've spoken with Mountain Rec. We've spoken with local developers. Lots of things have been explored, and currently, including speaking with some of you here, not me personally, but others, Dave Bishop and others, um, currently feel that this is the best spot for it, location-wise, um, and hopefully, um, true based on the interest of, of the community here, you guys and the homeowners uh, as well. So what we would like to do is formally put our effort into something, and that something, if you guys agree, is here, until we collectively decide, you know what, that's a roadblock, it's too much money, the parking doesn't work, whatever it might be. Uh, but until we get to that point, we would like to collectively join hands with you guys and go, what can we do? We're willing to help fundraise money. Um, Katie, that is her job. So I don't know how much, but significant amounts. So we have questions, you know, what can we do together? Some, some of the bigger questions we have are how does it get operated? As a nonprofit club, we're not necessarily equipped to run a facility like that, which I think is maybe an opportunity for you guys, um, seeing that you already operate facilities. Um, we've done some legwork already. You can see here what we've done um, very roughly spelled out. But for instance, we, we did speak with a contractor. There's many ways you can build an ice rink. Um, the vision we had is around a $12 million sheet. Um, that would be locker rooms, that would be you know enclosed, that sort of stuff. Our vision, um, of course, with input from you guys, would be something that operates in the wintertime, September to April, maybe gets used as pickleball or flex facility for you guys in the summertime. Maybe there's doors that open up and it's big and bright and you can rent it out for uh, all sorts of things. So we're open to all of these things. Um, Again, these are preliminary ideas, um, but we feel that uh, it would be great. We think it'd be a great addition to the Eagleville community and a massive addition to the hockey community in Vail. And not just hockey, we've also been speaking with skate club folks who don't get half the ice that they need. Um, so the need is there. As far as uh, what we spend, I mean, we're happy to go through any of this individually, ask questions, meet personally one-on-one, -on -one, get, get things kicked off. but. Just throwing vague numbers around, um, you know, we're not ice rink managers, but from our research, we think that an ice rink can be run for three to 600K a year. That's a huge range, I get it, but it's not 10 million. Um, we also spend a few hundred thousand dollars a year just ourselves on ice fees at these two rinks. Um, so we don't anticipate that we would ditch the other two rinks altogether, but if we're putting our energy um, into a, a new facility, then I think that we would put most of our ice here, helping make up the operational costs on a yearly basis. So some of the big questions are, um, is there support? Can we raise money together? How much money can we raise together? And then how do we operate? Is there opportunity for maybe people who run the golf course to stick around all winter long or something like that? You know, I, I, These are questions for you guys and we would love your input. Um, it doesn't take much, I think, two or three people can run an entire racing. I think Mountain Rec has two people. They learn to drive a Zamboni. Um, it's not the most complicated thing in the world, but it's not our, it's not what we do. <laughs> um, 
What else is in there that I missed just broadly? Or, or, oh, the zoning. Yeah, so um, we did attach a, a little zoning PUD here. Um, yeah, you want to talk about that? That's yeah, your sure. world, so. Yeah, sure. We, so just we took a little bit of liberty to study the site as we heard there might be potential um, and, and tried to answer the, the bigger questions about zoning and some of the bigger roadblocks right off the bat. And so we've, we've included a report from Sean Hannigan um, where he analyzed your Eagle Vale PUD and analyzed these lands to see if it would be a compatible use and what process would need to be taken to, um, from a zoning perspective. And it looks like it does work as you have, you have recreational facilities there now. Um, but I think mo moreover, yes, we wanna dive into the details and, and start to create a better, more concrete proposal for y'all, but we also very much need some feedback from y'all and, and that can come in the form of questions or thoughts, but uh, we'd love to hear from you on what, what, what the board members feel about uh, uh, an ice rink here in Eagle Vale. Yep. Do you have anything to add on? We agree, thanks Terry. Did you wanna comment on? Yeah, the only thing I would add just, I come from a fundraising background and so we've been exploring just kind of what the different fundraising models might look like to do this. And you know, we have a lot of partners that we think that are interested in, par in pursuing this opportunity with us. And so kind of as Justin and Eric mapped out, you know, we wanna first find a home to do this and really a great partner. And then we can kind of sharpen the pencil on what the cost will be, both from a capital standpoint, but also from an operational standpoint. That's something that we have in the works as a pro forma of what the operational cost will be for our rank, um, but also from a capital campaign. And you know, the hockey family is pretty big throughout the Valley, and so we really believe that there's support to do that. Um, but we also will be looking for partners. We'll talk to the school district, the high school, um, hockey team also really is in desperate need of ice. So there's a lot of partners that we think can come together to support the effort, um, but we still have a lot of work to do to really sharpen the pencil there. Yeah. That's a good point. We, we, we've had lots of conversations, again, I've said that, but specifically to the fundraising, the money, um, a lot of expression of support, but until we have a firm like this is kind of what it looks like. This is exactly where it goes. This is what it's going to cost. Then we can't really take it any further than we've gotten it now. We've had lots of conversations, um, just kind of base level. This is what we're thinking. Great, I'm in. You know that kind of stuff. So uh, after all the research, this this is where we are. We'd love to to just explore this with you guys until it doesn't make sense, and hopefully it does make sense, and we'll continue to to work together on it because uh, we're. We're in desperate need of it. Tim or Joanna, do you have any questions for these guys? Yeah, this is Tim and Betsy. Um, I don't know that I have any questions. I really like the, the concept of let's, let's, let's try to do this until we run into a roadblock and find out we can't for whatever reason. Um, I think the board in general, we've talked about this a few times, is enthusiastically behind this idea. That's great. Um, I think the easiest thing for us is, is the place to put it. We've got space and we've got fields that we are currently um, 
planning and, and trying to do some different stuff around. So there, there definitely, definitely appears to be a space for a rink. Obviously, we'd have to see a final plan of, of what this rink would look like, but that seems like the easy part. I think the more difficult part is is the fundraising for the capital costs. And 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 it might make sense, you know, operations wise down the road, where maybe we can keep some employees full time year round if they do some summer jobs and some winter jobs. So. It appears the opportunity is there, and we should definitely, you know, you know, get a committee together and, you know, see, see what are the roadblocks, if any, or if not, let's see if we can get this thing moving. That's awesome. So I guess that would be a great question for us: is what would be the next step? Uh, is a committee, a, a subcommittee of a group of folks here, plus, I mean, this is kind of our subcommittee from the board, um, with other folks helping here and there. But is that the next? reasonable just get in a room together and get all the questions from both sides that we might have and start chipping away at the answers or what what, what do you guys see that was a very generic yeah. question <laughs> i'm pointing to anybody, anybody no i i think uh you know you're you're right on track with trying to you know get a, a small steering committee together to that can function at a, a pretty fast high level yeah. i guess you know knowing the construction world pretty well you know i would probably begin to you know look at a target date and kind of work back from there to see kind of if these things kind of work out and then you know i think even before you begin capital uh you know request and and funding you know there's certainly going to be a pretty huge design cost element architect, uh, land planners, you know, all those engineers and everything that kind of go into kind of seeing, you know, as it makes sense. And, uh, but certainly setting some, uh, you know, some goals, you know, the committee and kind of, you know, taking, you know, baby steps and in, in trying to, you know, to under, understand it. I think it, uh, you know, as you guys have said, Ice and Eagle Bell has been here for quite some time, whether it's, uh, you know, on the ponds or the, the ice, the sheet of ice that used to live out there, you know, prior to 2011, um, you know, so it's, it's not out of the realm to, to have a, you know, a facility that, uh, that promotes uh, wintertime activity for the residents in the community. Awesome. Well, we're excited that you guys are willing and, you know, curious to explore because we, we definitely are as well. It's been quite a bit of work even just to get to a point where we can go what should we focus on there's a lot of options so this really does feel like the best one for us joanna do you have anything no i'm, I'm all for it i and the sacrifices she's made even now so we want to help support yeah. wonderful terry go ahead this is Terry again. Um, being close to a school, would it be possible during the day to even have some kind of school use to come over and, you know, incorporate lots of people? I know the club gets evening. Absolutely. Uh, we see, and the way that Mountain Rec runs the Eagle Rink is it doesn't open till 3 p.m. We see that as a big miss. Uh, so I think there's, yeah. Use it, you know, if you've got the facility and you've got the amenity, it should be 
uh, promoted and, and utilized to its its maximum potential. That's actually an awesome idea. It's a great yeah. idea, yeah. yeah. Well, and VSSA also is using Dobson during the daytime, and that program's continuing to grow. So the, there's greater, you know, closer proximity um, to Eagle Vale to be able to use ice during the day here as well. So we really would like to see the operational use maximized. And you know, right now, particularly in Eagle, that's not the case. It's not being maximized as it could be. No, it's yeah. former high school teacher and former I taught where there's a lot of ice need in the Milwaukee area and they did a lot of that sharing rooms for school curriculum, so you know it helps. Definitely. Yeah. What is the timeline? I mean, or the idea, to, what's the ideal timeline? We're ready to talk. I mean, I think to Stephen's point, the, the biggest challenge is going to be the money part and the building part. Dotson, you know, we have this year, we're told we have next year at that rink. Regardless of Dotson's timeline, though, we need it. If it was here today, we would be filling it up, I think. So, um, ASAP, I think this is just something that we're we're motivated to put energy into and you know as quickly as things can get approved and we can raise money is the answer that I would give. Okay. And I know that you guys are the hockey club, but are you working like with Vale Rec uh, or Town of Vale or Dobson as well? So part of the part of the journey that brought us here is figuring out who all the players are, who all the, the constituents are to make this happen. Vale Rec District has committed to a temporary sheet. We don't know an exact number. I've heard a million dollars about, but it's very much temporary. It, it goes in that they're committed to having an alternative to Dobson while Dobson is down and that's it. And once Dobson is out, maybe it's in a place that could live on as temporary. Maybe it's not. Mm -hmm. um, so part of this for us has been, well, can we leverage that money? I mean, that million dollars is a great starting point. Can we have that be the start and then we build up on it. Um, but it's been really, really difficult uh, to get to a point where we feel comfortable saying that that's possible. If Vailrec came and said, hey, why don't we start, why don't we put our million bucks in here and if we can get it done in time before Dobson, that would be wonderful. And we would, we would love to help facilitate that. Um, but we haven't had conversations that let us think that that, they, it's been a little, I don't know. I, it's a little gray. We little don't know gray. as much as we, as people might think we know about the Dobson stuff. We really don't. It's kind of like, wow, I hear, I hear maybe the same things that you hear. Okay. Um, but ultimately, it comes down to a, a town council decision, Yeah. which we don't know what that decision will be. Mm -hmm. We don't know what staff will recommend as far as amount of money. And, but we know that they are committed to not displacing ice during the period that Dobson is down. So that symbiosis leads us to say, hey, we should start working on this, start working on a real proposal because there's, when Town of Vales open up their checkbook, maybe it makes some sense to work together on it. Yeah. Well, I think we all believe that investing in something that's permanent, it mm -hmm. makes a lot more sense. And I think the community would certainly be behind that. Um, and having it be close to Vale and Eagle Vale versus in Eagle or Gypsum probably makes a lot more sense for the town. Mm -hmm. I mean, we can't speak 
on behalf of the town of Bale, but that does seem to make a little more sense. More so, palatable to their voters. Yeah, and think. certainly something we all want to advocate for. And I think we have we've got a great relationship as a club with obviously with Dobson, but with the town of Bale too. So there's some good opportunity for conversation. At this point, so much of the conversation has been kind of speculative. Of we're not exactly sure this is what we're hoping. And so you know, the more firm and the further down we go down a path, the more we can go back to them and say, well, here's an opportunity. And you know, we're looking at um, spring of 2025 is when they're now kind of projecting that the the Dobson would close. Um, so that gives us a little bit of time, but not a ton to really yeah. start moving forward. And from a fundraising standpoint, you know, we want to we would want to be have a good amount of money raised before we're putting a shovel in the ground to have mm -hmm. confidence in what yeah. um, what's to come and how we're going to fund that. Mm -hmm. Okay, I mean, I think it's a great idea to support kind of you know, a steering committee to continue to look at this. I think so. if we get organized in a group like this with a steering committee and a solid plan and go to bail, I think that to me feels like what's been missing out of the entire ice cream conversation around the Valley for the last year or since we've known that Dobson is, you know, lots of people trying to put things together, but no real cohesive plan or real um, cohesive you know, thing together. That's what we want. So. I feel like they're open for discussion, but I don't know much beyond that. I've heard something in Eagle in, the, um, in a place down there, but again, that feels very temporary. Like they would spend the money and it'd be there for a couple of years, and then when Dobbs is back up, it's gone. Um, so. Okay. Well, thanks for driving it, the conversation. Yeah, well, thanks for listening. <laughs> yeah, thanks for being open yeah. to the conversation. Um, I, I'm also in support. Um, both my girls played, and they're older now, so out of the program. Um, are Andy or Jared's kids in the program? Yep. I mean, that would be to where um, we would we are allowed to have two of our board members participate. Might just be you know be one whoever was interested and so forth. But if you could either get one of those guys or maybe even somebody that works for REC mm -hmm. um, to help just because, I mean, watching those meetings and we, we, we've been in contact with VailREC uh, this past winter and then, um, you know, approached by it, but then it was kind of like everyone was in a rush and then, you know, dropped the ball and um, watching town council trying to decide what they're gonna do with Dobson is yeah. another whole thing. Um, so I think that it has to be, and maybe even somebody from Mountain Rec, you know, um, mm -hmm. to where it shows us that it's a united front, mm -hmm. you know, in terms of what it looks like or so forth. But my only other question is, how, what's the square footage of a of the of a hockey rink? I mean, don't don't hold to the number, but right. if, if you're doing some dimensions of the rink and needing some extra space, it's it's forty thousand plus square foot. Is that is our soccer field that big? Um, yeah, it's Brandon right is, at yeah. it. Yeah, okay. I mean, that's maximizing it. Yeah. Um, 200 by 80 is this ice surface. Okay. So. Just, you know, I mean, if we, if we know it's not going to fit there, we don't want to say, let's yeah. go anywhere. Yeah. But We didn't want to take yeah. any liberties of starting any drawings right. or anything. Right, no, 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 we just, you know, you know and, and, and yeah, looking and at we, the space of it, so. Yeah, and we're happy to, to even, you know, Start. I think our board is supportive of trying to gather some data from Eagle Vale, get some of the as-built, understand the area. We didn't want to make any assumptions. We didn't want to like step on toes. I think we've all learned you never want to come into somebody else's place and tell them what to do. But we would we would be, um, you know, we I think it's within our budget for, as a board to go out and just start to do some 
some preliminary site planning. Yeah, absolutely. We could we could take that on. Yeah, we just need a little guidance. So I guess as soon as a subcommittee can be built, then we'll send people to it, and we can start meeting next week if you guys want to. And I agree with Jared getting Jared on it, and I think that's yeah. We'll get them in there. Mike. Yeah, I mean a big part of the operational stuff. Again, I that's very rough research from my part on the what it costs to run a rink and what you can make. From September to April, I did just a very quick pro forma. I think, I don't know what I put, oh, I didn't even put it in there. Yeah, so I, I think you could make four to $500,000 in, um, in revenue from renting the ice out without getting creative during the day. That's kind of just prime time hours for the winter season, September through April. But doing things like Terry said, having tournaments on either end, um, VSSA, I mean, the, the list goes on and on. Summer, yeah, and that totally excludes summer. anything that we, you guys would do in the summer with it. So very rough numbers, but I think we need real hockey rink manager on the board to go. This is. And he can help connect us to other yeah. managers in other towns, and we can start to make those numbers real. Yeah. So with that, oh, Terry, go ahead. You got your hand raised. Go ahead. And I'm Deegan's mother-in-law and my grandkids play. <laughs> so Perfect. I'm, I'm happy to give my time. Unless you think someone else should be on it. No, I think, you know, you're passionate about it. And if, um, you know, anybody else wants to, or we just designate you. And then if anybody else wanted to attend, as long as there's only two of us. Um, not necessarily to what we, yeah. Go ahead, Tim. Great. Well, I think we have both of your emails from just some of the casual conversations leading up to this. So maybe we just connect via email after this and get the ball rolling. We can talk about who else needs to be on the committee. And by no means it, do we feel like it just needs to be Vail Mountain hockey people. I mean, there's plenty of other people in the community that I think would have a, a voice and, you know, be very helpful. Yeah, absolutely. Including the ones you mentioned. Any, any words of caution or major roadblocks that you see in a project like this at this point? <laughs> yeah, I think, it, you, know, you know, when you're talking big capital projects, it's, it's, I mean, everyone's excited, right, until they see the, the actual price tag and, and what it looks like. So, you know, the financial end will be a big part for the Metro District because it's something that we don't currently own and operate as an organization so it'd be new for us um and figuring in some of those you know ongoing capital cost and improvements down the road even after something's built operational cost but um you know certainly uh you know starting out you know chatting and then you know coming up with a, a good stakeholder group that represents the, you know a broader range of the community yep. than just uh, Eagle Vale and Vale uh, might be helpful, but uh, certainly uh, some steps to be taken and, you know, to, to get it going. Wonderful. Well, we awesome. certainly appreciate the time and are very excited that, that there's enthusiasm for your end as well. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks so much. You're welcome. So I'd say, you know, reach out to Terry and Tim. Terry. Yeah. Uh, start some correspondence with them and then, um, we're gonna start digging the pond in a couple of months here, so there'll be dirt moving over there, so. Perfect. 
Awesome. Did everybody get one of these? Mm -hmm. Okay. Do you need any answers? No, I think it was in our Thanks, thank you. Yeah, thank you. With that, the next item on the agenda is manage it, management updates to board members. Yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and uh, kick it off, Betsy, if you'd like. Busy times in Eagleville, as always, a lot of, uh, a lot of operational projects going on, wrapping up the end of the season for the golf course, pool wrapped up, pickleball courts are getting renovated as we speak, and then uh, just some of the uh, the other projects that I have going on uh, that I mentioned uh, in my report. Um, and Betsy, as you said, you know, the Pavilion Pond project is is nearing uh, kickoff. And I, I just mentioned briefly my report, but Chris kind of uh, added, added to it in her report is that we're going to have an open house on Wednesday, October the 25th uh from uh four to six p.m here we're going to kind of tag it with uh kind of a halloween fall theme uh have families and kids with pictures and you know maybe some hot chocolate and some apple cider marianne's on board with uh with helping us out and marketing that so you'll start to see some more information come with that as uh, as we get closer a couple items that we we're uh, kicking around were uh kind of dress as your favorite construction person or water theme type uh, dress and then maybe give out some uh, some prizes uh, and even maybe some uh, passes and stuff uh, for the pool for most unique uh, costume but it'd be a great opportunity we'll have uh, Norris design will be here um, they were here almost a year ago with the uh, open house for the uh, the master plan also right water engineering Scott Schreiber will be here and uh, our construction team will also be here to, to answer any questions, have some pictures, and there'll be some dirt that's already been moved, so it'd be kind of fun to look out there and kind of see how things are going. But that's really all I had to highlight, unless uh, anybody has any specific questions. Anyone online have any questions for Tim? I mean, for Steve. <laughs> Okay, then Ryan, you're up. Well, thanks for your time. Uh, here we are going in near October. Got a few more weeks left out there on the golf course and the operation, and it's kind of a bittersweet time of the year. You know, it's it's been super fun, but it's gone by super fast, and colors are starting to change out there. So. Guess it's that time to start wrapping up some things up there at the uh, old clubhouse and on the go on the course. So we're uh, we're doing a good job up there. We hit a magic number today with our forecast of 1.5 million in green fees alone just this morning. If I knew who that was, we'd give them a, a free Pepsi or something afterwards. But um, didn't. So that was pretty exciting. And um, rest of the revenues are looking pretty solid there. I always. Well, I've been making note on the golf shop merchandise. We're just down a little bit over there. And um, from what it looks like industry-wide, it's kind of a, a similar theme that's that's happening out there and talking to some local reps and courses. They're kind of experiencing the same thing with the golf shop uh, merchandise sales. And that definitely makes for a, a different planning period, I think, for us going into 2024. And based on what we have left in inventory and 
best forecasting hat that we can put on will be uh, there here soon as we start our orders for next season. Uh, but besides that, the rest of the departments have held up pretty strong this year and we're pretty, pretty pumped up about that. So the staff has done a really great job of collecting all those green fees and running in all those transactions and everything like that. So happy to be where we are. Um, golf industry trends out there also are still remaining pretty strong. Uh, in golf in general, if you haven't been staying up to date with social media and just what's going on out there, you, you see a lot of positive trends that are happening to the game. And uh, you see it just about everywhere. You know, you turn on the TV and turn on your phone and there's golfers happening. We got Ryder Cup going on this week. And so some, some pretty big pushes out there in the game. And uh, I don't think it's ever been followed at quite this volume, which I think is a really good sign for us for uh, not just next year, but for years to come. I uh, threw in a few different pictures out there, just kind of wrapping up our tournament schedule for the season. Club championship went great. Thanks to Brent and his team, they put the golf course in great condition and uh, had some great scores out there. We also ended up having a, a little couples event towards the end of the year there and um, had some good numbers being played there. And so it's, it's been great to host those things, kind of wrap up some of our clinics, uh, lessons, things of that nature. Staffing's holding strong. we got a great leadership team out there, and they're basically taking care of a lot of the shifts that we did have a void once all the, all the rest of the staff went back to school. Um, but besides that, we're uh, looking forward to next month and giving a really good summary of the golf operation, food and beverage, everything like that for the 2023 season. So happy to answer any questions. What's the projected date for closing? October 8th. So we got uh, three more Sundays. Is that about right? Mm -hmm. Yep. So hopefully uh, weather will stay strong for us. Don't want to get shut down early. <laughs> hey Ryan, what stays open in the winter? Like, what what are winter operations up there? Will the grill be open, or any of the shops be open, or are you guys still figuring that out? Yeah. It. It typically varies based on, you know, what kind of inventory we have, like, in the golf shop. Uh, because we might have a little bit more than we anticipated, we'll probably keep that open just a little bit later. Um, that, along with the golf simulator, we'll be introducing our hours for this season. Uh, this will be our first year that we actually have a, uh, another full-timer up there, so they can kind of pick up some of the hours for the simulator there. Um, so we'll be presenting that, I think, a little bit more for next month and what those operations look like. While we have like the shop open, the simulator going, um, we've always had some beverages that are available at the bar for the people that are coming in there for the simulator action. So um, we have a good, good game plan, some good ideas, and I think we want to really formalize that, I think, in a, uh, just a better analysis and a presentation for, for the next meeting to kind of publicly announce what that might look like. So I'm pretty excited about it, but... Um, as much as I'm, I guess, looking forward to the winter or not wrapping down the summer, it's going to be a good few months for us to kind of work back on the business and make next year just as good. So, Go ahead, Terry. Thank you. I didn't know that we passed up all of Steve's reports, so I just want to make a comment on the netting that is, seems to be Looking at it, but people that are finding out the cost for unnecessary knitting, and they want to know 
if you could consider the baby step like you did the blood and try the Cherry Hills model of um, the attendant and limiting the range of which clubs can hit, which would be a significant savings and would bring us back to the way the range was in the beginning when houses and golf coexisted. And they just see that as just a no-brainer, common sense way of saving, caging in the entire range for safety with all the distance clubs are hitting and still provides for golfers to practice and hit. As research shows, seven irons being the best club to use, why not just limit the distance like the best course in Colorado does, Cherry Hills. So these people wanted to be at the meeting, they wanted to form a pack, they wanted to start mailings, they wanted to start recalls, and I said, just give me one more chance to work internally with the board, because I know you're reasonable people, and I know you're fiscally responsible, and I know you care about people, so I'm just requesting one more time as I got in for communication and fiscal responsibility and safety to just one more time plead your reason to just, you know, we're not going to have any liability yet this year because the season's almost over. Just try a task force and take a baby step with just an attendant and limited distance. And then we don't have to do any of the netting nonsense and expenditures that kidding drivers would require. Many people are saying, you know, most of us just want to warm up our game. We don't need to be the long ball top golf people. And why should we spend millions in order to have that and then have this netting cage us in and have to look at it? And again, the word is just getting out and these people are willing to start, you know, PAC campaign and recalls and just, they're, they're getting fired up. And I just said, just give me one more chance to just be reasonable with the board and just say, why would they not try the Cherry Hills model? It's, it's the way Eagleville started. It's the way it could be. It's a reasonable way to coexist the range and Moses. Any reason why we can't move to do that? Postpone it to The polls are on order, Terry, and uh, permits have been approved. And um, not that they're late to the party, but you know we've been talking about this for a really long time. We approved the budget. We've hired the contractors. I'm sorry that it's going to have an effect on your complex. And when you keep saying, plead to the board, you are the board. And you're supposed to support the decision that's been made and keep that and be a united front. So moving forward, you can take it as what you want. And I don't want to make, you know, call you out, but this is what has been decided and we're moving forward. Go right ahead, we'll take it, you know, this, if you, this will be great, then we can have one. You have, you have conspired with other people to remove board members, and maybe the same thing would happen to you. So, it's, it's done. The community that is now asking that we not spend this money on useless netting that they don't want. And you know that it's not the netting that's 
even protecting people and places. So we're just trying to prevent a bigger problem once it starts to go up and people really get irate. So I'm giving us one more chance. It's not up yet, Betsy. It might be ordered, it can be unordered, and the problem can be solved. Perhaps at this time. The Metro District did not, on its own, decide to go and put that in here. Um, a, a group of neighbors in the Swift Home Condos told us it was dangerous and we needed to do something to fix this problem. And they said they wanted to have Can I finish, Carrie? Yes. Okay. So they threatened multiple times that lawsuits could resolve in this. Right. Please, can I finish? Yes. We hired multiple experts in the industry to look at this problem, and they said a net was the only feasible solution to address it. We have netting that goes further down the range that was installed 20 years ago because of this issue. And unfortunately, this section was left out. And it's obvious that it should be continued, and it should have been done 20 years ago. So I, I think, you know, spending useless money is, is not the, the right the right attitude to look at this with. It, it was something that was omitted years ago. It was brought to our attention multiple times from the owners of the units that are being affected, saying they were being affected personally. They couldn't sit in the backyards and they needed protection. And the netting is just finishing a job that should have been finished years ago. So again, we didn't, we didn't say we wanted to do this. We, we feel we were forced to do this because of the, the liability issue we faced. And I'm sorry, Ken, because you really didn't understand where the safety netting needed to go, where the drones, where the complaints were, is not where this netting is. And so you're leaving to the I was at the meetings when members from Swift Club told me they were getting hit in the backyards and their building was getting hit. They were told me that. Okay. Perhaps, uh, yeah, perhaps we can bring some order back to board members. Yep. How about, uh, Lauren, do you have anything that you would like to, to add uh, to Terry's request? Not at this time, but um, actually, well, I have a question for Ryan. This is not to do with the netting. Um, with, can you educate me on driving range distances and kind of suggested driving range distance, like what the trend is, is it moving to shorter distances, kind of what you see out there? I guess if you look at driving range in general, you know, the biggest thing that's been out there has been Top Golf. Mm -hmm. They, um, if you're not too familiar with their motto, I guess it's bit, yeah. not restricted to any clubs. It's mm -hmm. putting up high netting and it's incorporating kind of an arcade style bowling social activity atmosphere uh, for people to practice and get better at the game uh, driving ranges in general have always been hey i'm not a very good golfer and i need to go out there and try to figure out what's going on with my game mm -hmm. um, but as far as trends go those are the biggest things that are happening if you see a driving range that does have like restricted uh, clubs or things of that nature it's it's very landlocked such as Cherry Hills or some other places that we have seen uh, we don't have that issue it's just the issue is we don't have a net which will protect as we've learned 
from the majority of all the shots. So um, that's uh, that's not anything that's out of the ordinary for what's tr what's trending right now. Okay. Okay. Thanks. I was just curious. I have not, I'm not familiar with Cherry Hills, so I was just curious if they had a different distance or space or kind of if that's a norm. So, thank you. Yeah, we're done, Terry. We're, we're going to mute you if you know. We're moving on to um, Brent's, Brent's Parks and Golf Course Update. We would appreciate if you would stop spreading misinformation throughout the community about what we are spending because you know what we are spending for the net. Go ahead, Brett. All right. Yeah, Terry, let's uh, be respectful of everybody's time. Betsy, turn the floor over to Brent. Uh, Brent, do you want to follow up with your report, please? Yeah, hopefully everyone had a opportunity to read my report. Um, I'll be honest with you, it feels like we just opened the golf course a few weeks ago. So here we are, you know, trending to put it back to bed. So a lot of activity for our kind of condensed crew now. We've kind of had the same sort of things happen as Ryan's staff where college kids go back to campus and high school kids go back to to their uh, respected schools um, so we're uh, it's a great time of year we actually are tomorrow is our last day we'll be mowing our greens at peak season height it's time to start having that uh, grass grow a little bit more and establish a little more tissue on it so it can get ready for winter and uh, that's what we've been kind of preparing to do all this uh, month and so October as Ryan mentioned our last day of golf on the main 18 hole golf course is the 8th and right after that we will start to um, do our cultural practices to prepare the greens and tees and approaches and such for the winter. Um, so great time of year. And like I said, the staff's uh, holding up well. We're kind of down to our core guys uh, that kind of stick through all the way uh, to the end of October roughly. And then they kind of go do their other seasonal jobs. Um, Full-time staff's doing fantastic. Uh, just hats off to them. Like Ryan mentioned, a lot of the conditions out there have been just uh, just fantastic. Even with the um, unfortunate vandalism to a few of our greens, I think the the greens have just really rebounded very well. Um, I'm pleased with that, and I think we're just trending to have them look great next year. And they're even putting pretty good so far this year. So a lot of good effort has gone into that and uh, that recovery process to those um, and so we're just uh, looking forward to wrapping things up uh, as strong as we started and sustained through the season if anybody has any questions for me also you can kind of see in my report um, Moses and Cindy did their barbecue lunch for our crew again that's kind of become an annual thing the crew enjoys it I think they probably enjoy it even more um, and uh, always like to feature that that happy picture in there. How many years is that now, Brent? I think I was that was guess. eight. I think that was season eight. I had it in there. 
Tim or Terry, do you have oh, any comments? Oh, it was nine. A nine, nice. Yeah. Do you have any comments to Brent? No. Uh, just, you know, Brent, yeah. the courses look fabulous all year, and uh, you guys have a great crew and, and do a great job. Thank you for all your hard work. Thank you, Mr. Tim. Since Chris is not here, um, does anyone have any comments or questions that we could pass along for future? I think it was pretty, um, pretty thorough. Um, yeah, both uh, Chris and Marianne continue to stay busy, you know, from HR admin stuff to helping out uh, with communications throughout the community. Um, and then also uh, from uh, Marianne's standpoint, you know, some good strong revenue numbers coming in. And then, uh, you know, the marketing will continue to, uh, to try to drive the business uh, for the pavilion in the next two or three years. You know, the whole goal is to make uh, the pavilion a sustainable, profitable uh, operation. So she's getting inching closer and closer to that. I remember in the years previous, it operated at a pretty significant loss. So kudos to Marianne and Chris for uh, all they do and, and for their, their reports. And Sheila, since you're in the audience, and I know that um, it was something that you brought up at the POA, um, parking spaces are gonna be $165 a month for the six month lease. Um, and then if you want to be able to move your car, you've got to do it in the, in the garden parking lot. The one up, at the, up, up below you guys will be storage only, so it won't be plowed. So the rate, I think, changed, was it last year or the year before? Uh, and then we kept it the same this year. Yeah, I believe the rates have seen a steady increase just based on what it costs to maintain those lots, whether it's overlaying, seal coating, striping, plowing, brushing. So all the routine maintenance uh, for those parking lots, just like everything else, has gone up with inflation. And so the costs have kind of been catching up with that. Um, I know this year that uh, we have, you know, froze those, those escalations, and so the price is going to remain the same uh, as the recommendation, you know, during the budget process for 2024. And then in regards to um, your question about the plowing, I don't, I mean, 
I know that you know the one lot for sure you put everybody up there and they, they can't move so that was something I guess that's a question is that a question for you Brent or? I think perhaps this is a conversation that uh, is operationally we can take care of it internally I mean I'd be happy to sit down and you know and talk about those things on a at a staff level okay. is that okay Sheila okay and then your other question about Eagle Road did you ask about that one? That is getting paved. The portion in front of the fire station is going to get paved. Yeah, the, the, the area where you kind of might lose your dentures or some fillings might fall out uh, is getting uh, milled down and overlaid by Eagle County Road and Bridge. I believe they have that scheduled for October the 14th or 15th. Don't hold me to that, but yeah, they're going to get in there. They've already been in the community last week and this week uh, doing some uh, some repairs across some of the crosswalks and the culverts and then uh, yeah they're ta or they're uh, planning on addressing Eagle Road before uh, before the asphalt plant shut down for the season sure if you're, are you okay with that I mean she was at the POA meeting and she had one other question about the curb up there but but my yeah, just real quick, do you mind just stating your name and your address for the record? Yeah, sure. My name is Sheila Griffith, and I live at 596, got changed, Daisy Lane. Um, Thank yeah. you. Yeah, no problem. Um, so we're at the Whiskey Hill condominiums, and so I don't think that this is you guys, right? That's what I was trying to figure this out and what I understand, but just we have just terrible runoff with the water and affecting our um, retaining wall. So when I moved into Eagle Vale, it was like listing, and then eventually it gave out. And so now we put in that beautiful $50,000 wall, and I'm starting to see the same place exactly. And in the winter, the snow builds up, and it's a big icicle. And so I think that we talked to the county a long time ago, and I'd kind of forgotten that, but then talking to some other people recently um and so i'm just seeing the same thing right we're on that huge hillside and so we just need to do something with drainage um and other people at my association aren't really worried about it but i helped pay for it and all of the other improvements that was a lot of money and so i just want to be preventative and like even right now there's lots of little rocks um that are from i don't know dirt and different things that they're constantly um, trailing down to right where I enter my stairs. So, um, yeah, that, that, I, that is, that is county. Yeah, I, I, I completely understand it. It's certainly, uh, a challenging area given the topography of the, of the hillside and the land and the, mm -hmm. uh, uh, the slope and pitch of that road. But right. yes, that would be a Eagle County, uh, question. I can certainly, mm -hmm. When we talk about parking, I can certainly share their contact. Uh, John Harris uh, is the, the manager for the uh, road and bridge. I can certainly share his contact information with you. Okay. With you. Yeah. And I heard, I don't know if it was Hopkins that said that they had gotten support from the county because um, they were having the same issue. So that he mentioned that in that meeting. So I was going to maybe reach out to him too. Yeah. And uh, then yeah. just in a couple of weeks, they'll be, they'll be out for a few days doing that milling. Um, those are really great guys and maybe you can you know individually chat with one of them is kind of okay. you know voicing your concerns as well so yeah. it doesn't kind of okay and then hurt. the last question you had was about a, someone was asking about a mirror 
Oh yeah. So I don't know if that that might be county or that that can fall under our safety or traffic calming. Eagle Vale would Metro District would have the ability to install that, and then it would be our responsibility not to install it, but also to maintain it. We would need to get approval because it's in the right of way uh, with Eagle County. We need to get approval to to put that in. As you were talking about at Daisy Lane and you guys's. Yeah, and so I, I don't really honestly think we need it, but somebody else does, and I was already coming to the meeting, so I told her I'd bring it up. Um, and so that's, like, I'm not really pushing for it, but I, you know, everyone has a vote there, and some people aren't as good at speaking up for themselves, showing up and things like that, so. Um, the, the, excuse me, but the other yeah. option would be if it was installed on private land, right. not in the right-of-way, um, then, you know, you could take that upon yeah themselves or yourself yeah and i like i said i'm not really paying much attention to it because i don't really feel like we need it so i'm not sure really where it would go but i again was trying to figure out who we talked to um so so it's for clarity who would be the person to talk to about the mirror is that you guys uh the installation uh right. purchasing and maintaining it would be the metro district approval would right. have to go through the county and unfortunately yep. there's yep. two separate entities that would have to work okay. together okay or three including you okay. guys awesome thank you guys so much and thanks for remembering all of those good job thanks now on to mr erickson thanks but thanks but there we go okay thanks betsy um, so on the financials, I'll start on page 1A, um, it's page 45 of the packet. Uh, you'll see this month we did have quite a few changes to our forecasts uh, as part of our initial budget process with the staff. We also asked them to go through and re-forecast their 2023 projections. And so um, we have made quite a few changes from, from what you'd previously seen. Um, and. Um, just kind of some big picture ones are, you know, we're, we're seeing uh, some increase in forecast on the on the Gulf. A lot of that we've already talked about uh, over the course of the year. Uh, pavilion and courts have been forecast down on the revenue side. Uh, swim pool, swimming pool, as uh, those forecasts are up from from budget um, and mostly included in there. And then F and B revenues are have been forecast down some. Um, and then kind of some various changes on the expenditures, which I'll kind of go through uh, and touch on. But you know, overall, the big picture um, still forecast right now to be uh, overall surplus for the year, about $15,000 uh, better than budget, which is great. Um, overall, ending fund balance projected of almost 6.2 million, uh, which is up from our original budget of 5.6. A lot of that was carry forward from 2022 um, and having a, a kind of a strong finish to the end of 2022, as well as some delays in, in some of the bigger projects, specifically the Stone Creek project into this year. Uh, moving ahead a couple of pages to page two, page 48 of the packet. Uh, here you can see where we've forecast down the revenues for the pavilion. Uh, primarily, that's due to the project that we're going to be undertaking. We're not expecting much, in the, if any, in the way of bookings, you know, uh, late fall through uh, the end of the year. You know, we may have some stuff in here in, in December, maybe once the snow flies. But um, 
certainly not what we, what we were anticipating uh, at the beginning of this year or last year. And then on the courts, uh, it's just been a slower year. We think that probably some impact from the Beaver Creek renovation being complete for their pickleball stuff and then the Avon courts um, being open and, and free to the public uh, has impacted us and had uh, some negative impact on our revenues to the courts this year. So you can see that's about $10,000 under our original budget. Uh, page three, uh, swim. Uh, here you can see about about $8,000 above budget on the revenues. We did have some additional expenditures related to staff this year. Um, one, having to pay more competitive wages, uh, and then two, uh, just requiring additional staffing from the higher uh, higher demand and usage. So. Overall, though, you know, right now we're forecasting to be within $1,000 of our budget on the, on the swimming pool and a total cost to the district of about 58000 So uh, still pretty close overall, um, but there are those changes. Page four here, the biggest, biggest changes you'll see here are we have some additional costs related to water uh, for the parks as well as additional costs related to the landscape and flower beds. Uh, that's just due to additional uh, requirements from the with the contractor for that than than we expected and so those will be reflected kind of going into our 2024 budget as well um, but that is uh, a new change that wasn't previously reflected uh, page five we've talked a lot about the golf forecasts you know overall golf revenues forecasting right now to be a hundred thousand dollars above budget um, so it's been a really strong season again and um, you know we'll see how the rest of it plays out hopefully I have some remaining great weather uh, through the first week of October and uh, continue on with that. On golf maintenance, page 6A, uh, the biggest change here is you'll see the hourly seasonal staff. Um, we, have, we have increased that forecast by 20,000. Um, had to pay some additional staff, had additional time for training for new staff, um, and just additional work. Um, I think it was, we all know, with the vandalism and things like that. Um, just additional costs uh, this year, unfortunately, um, what we're seeing with the labor market. Uh, going ahead to 7A, um, uh, for Pro Shop, we do have a, a change on the outside services by about $5,000, and then uh, kind of related here, we I think we've mentioned it before, but just uh, you know, credit card charges, that, that number's gone up again with the additional revenue. Kind of the, the offset of that is everybody's paying with cards these days. So um, additional costs related to processing those payments. Uh, and then on the uh, administrative, um, on page eight, um, few changes here, uh, primarily a couple of savings items and employee recruitment and business district. You know, I think we talked last month about the security monitoring and the required replacement of our panels and systems. Um, in addition, there is some additional uh, monthly costs related to that with the new security cameras um, and their, those kind of online hosting and backup systems um, that, that weren't previously budgeted. So uh, that is uh, what's driving those changes. And then on F&B, as I mentioned, uh, we've forecast those revenues down, gross revenues by about 36,000. Um, you know, some savings on our operating side, um, just I think that slow start to the season and first year with the full with the new chef uh, kind of led us a little bit lower than budget. Um, but you know, uh, hopefully those things continue to pick up here through the off season and into next year. 
And then on the capital project side, um, some of the changes that we maybe haven't seen before is we did have some savings on the pool decking work of about $20,000. Um, you'll see we have adjusted the forecast for park improvements uh, related to the uh, Pavilion Pond project, which um, you know we had originally budgeted 1.25, but with the uh, contract finalized, um, we think that 1.4 is a more accurate number for this year. Um, moving ahead, uh, nothing really on 16B or 10B, 10C. You can see we have some changes on. Uh, the golf course projects, the bridges project came in under budget, um, greens and approaches uh, has been forecast down, um, you know, so overall um, some savings there. And then on the sales tax, uh, sales tax revenues continue to come in really strong. Um, no real forecast changes here um, compared to budget or any uh, material changes that I wanted to highlight other than that. Again, uh, sales tax revenue continuing to Coming strong for us. Any questions on the financials? Tim or Terry, do you have any questions? Thanks, Tim. Yeah, so we'll we'll um, kind of take back some of the feedback from the finance committee on uh, some of their questions. Staff is still refining uh, some pieces of the budget, especially around capital items, and we'll present to the we'll have another finance committee meeting next month uh, prior to the board meeting, and then at the board meeting we'll kind of do a, a initial big picture overview of of the budget with a full more detailed work session. I I think it's November 3rd is the date. It's the second or third? I can't recall. I think it's the third. Uh, yeah, I think it's the third. Uh, and then aiming for approval of the budget at the November uh, board meeting. Thanks, John. Lauren, do you have anything? Good. Um, the only question I have was, have we finished all of our payments um, for the clubhouse improvement? Or do we still have any outstanding bills for the backdrop? Uh, phase one, which was on the south side, completed, was completed back in July. Um, we have the, the second phase on the south side. As you recall, um, I mentioned in my board report last time that we got the locate and extent uh, process approved. So that east, kind of northeast lot, that, that uh, gravel lot that used to exist over there, um, the work will be done on that lot, lot number 34. So that should be happening uh, just as the golf course is closing down and uh, finish up uh, to complete the, the site improvements and the, uh, the access and the ADA sidewalks and crosswalks and everything. Okay, thanks. Um, is there any other business before we adjourn? Does Steve Goodjack get any more money for that little lot of land on the roundabout? 
Oh yeah, thanks Terry. That's uh, an update with uh, with the C dot uh, uh, discussions with the purchase of that uh, that easement over there, and uh, yeah, hopefully uh, we'll start uh, kind of getting things dialed in. Um, I typically meet with with uh, C dot and the uh, the stakeholders, and I believe that project is still scheduled uh, to take place next May, I think May June. Uh, weather depending and just kind of you know we're still in those early discussions of timing and scheduling but uh, yep uh, post boulevard roundabout next year improvements tim do you have anything i don't have anything else would you like a motion second thanks